Hey guys, welcome to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I am your host, Jimmy Allen. Yes! You know, this podcast is dedicated to bringing honest, authentic conversations so that you can have a healthy, happy, healthy, juicy love life. Here's Crazy Juicy Love. So welcome back to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. I have a special guest, Mr. Chris Wilson. Thank you very much for being here. Uh, Thank you so much for having me, Jimmy. Yeah. um, So let everyone know who you are, who do you serve? Mm. (laughs) Well, my name's name's Chris Wilson. Uh, I'm a human being. I live in (laughs) San Francisco, California uh, with my... Uh, my lovely fiance Anna and our cat Chesterfield, and uh, I, my heart, my heart really is in serving men, uh, creating spaces where men can take safe risks of vulnerability. I, I really, uh, in my experience as a as a young man, um, I uh, really adopted the 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 culture of manhood that I was raised in, uh, and. Uh, growing up in Boston uh, in, a, in a very hard uh, Protestant work, work ethic, uh, pulling in my Boston accent there, and I, know I do. Uh, I love that. And and then in my in my experience of, of my own opening, my own uh, my own personal development, and uh, and really connecting with who I truly was uh, and tr- who I truly am, um, I I was not this. Uh, facade of what it meant to be uh, a man in terms of this like um, and and don't get me wrong like I was very goal oriented and uh, I, I achiever type I set a goal when I was a young man to go to race triathlons and to go to world championships and I achieved that goal and then set another goal and it wasn't until having a major anxiety attack in my 20s that I discovered mm. that I had really been completely disconnected from my body hadn't been listening to myself my capital self uh, not my small self and I was really identifying with all of these roles and then feeling like I had to achieve in order to be okay in order to be loved in order to be uh, appreciated um, and that that awakening and that that breaking uh, open uh, was a really traumatic experience for me so when you ask um, but it was also a beautiful one because it led me to where I am today and the work that I do. So when you ask like, who, who are you, right? Like, dude, I, I, uh, I'm a human being <laughs> yeah. and I happen to serve men. <laughs> right. And I, I love that. Um, cause I was just on another podcast just talking about that, um, that I am and what comes after that a lot of men get caught up in defining themselves with their achievements, with their job and with their things. And when that thing is taken mm-hmm. away, a lot of men are like, well, who am I then if, if I'm not a lawyer or this doctor? Like, I, I, I don't know myself outside of that, which is one of the number one, uh, what I was doing some research on why a lot of men commit suicide because when those identities are taken away, a lot of us are lost and confused mm-hmm. and are like, well, what is, what did I do all this for? Yeah, you know? yeah, 
Yeah, it's a devastating uh, blow to your psyche, mm-hmm. right? And if and, and if that's where it, you spend your time and your life, is you I'd become a, you identify with that, right? And so, uh, I often I even with myself in my own practice, I, I ask myself like, what roles do I play, right? And and I play the role of a of an uncle. I haven't only gotten to meet my my nephew like w- once and because of coronavirus and uh, I, I play the role of a brother my my I'm an older brother and I play the role of a fiance and a coach and a small business owner uh, and a friend uh, and it's um it, I have these different roles but who who am I right I am not I am not just a men's coach right like like it's like that's not and if anything disconnecting from that and meeting being able to build a relationship with who i truly am in my heart uh helps me be a better men's coach and helps mm-hmm. me be a better brother and it helps me be a better fiance i love that um i'm curious of like what caused the anxiety attack mm-hmm. and what led to you discovering okay, I need to do some work. And how did you even discover that work? Um, yeah. And how did you even begin to take those steps? Because I don't think a lot of men know how to yeah. take those steps or where to even begin. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that's, a, that's really the edge that I, I want to play and be in for men to, to be there in a way that I didn't have when I was going through this transition in my life. But what was happening and what happened for me was just, I think if, if we just look back to just, I build this into anyone's experience of their life, right? Like I was a, I was a young man. I grew up in Boston and I had a, a, a very, um, uh, if you had looked at the life to which I had been brought up in from the outside, it seemed pretty awesome, right? I had a, I had two divorced parents, but I had a, a, a father who was really in my life and really stable and steadfast and kept a safe home and, and was really trustworthy. And then I had a, a, a very tumultuous uh, relationship with my mother who had like mental health issues and, uh, but not, but uh, the abandonment and the turmoil of not being able to trust that relationship with my mom um, uh, caused a lot of strife for me. And, and I used, I was a very angry young man and I didn't identify as being angry because that anger was rewarded when I said, Oh, I want to be an athlete or I want to put, I I want to prove you wrong, right? Prove everybody wrong. And I'm going to go achieve this thing. And when you put yourself towards that, I was rewarded for it. But underneath it, it was driven by anger and was driven by, by pain. And uh, it was a mask, right, that I was wearing. And uh, I think one of the, the best things about, about channeling that anger is, and achieving and having that ambition is getting to achieve it and achieve the outcomes that I thought would help make me happy. And then define de- realizing nothing has shifted, right? Like, yeah. like oh, I, I'm officially gone to world championships, and I still, um, um, it didn't, it didn't last. Like, what, what is going? What is it? Like, and it was so a part of my reality that I didn't, even that didn't really do anything. And then when I left cycling, um, and and triathlons uh, abruptly because of an accident, broke both my arms, 
I mm. said, oh, what am I going to do? I'm going to put all this energy into getting a job. And I'm scared. I can't, I didn't go to college. I didn't have a job. Like I need to be safe. I need to, to provide for myself. And I was driven by that fear for five, seven years. And finally, when I got to the peak of my career and I got a job that I had looked up to for my entire life, like my entire career, I had looked up to these tech companies and like I was in the age of pre-Facebook, right? So as a young man, we didn't have Facebook. And then I got to see Facebook grow. And now I'm working at this, like the, the largest partner of Facebook. And I get there and I'm with these men who I had looked up to in my life. And I realized very quickly upon getting the job, uh, three months into the job, that I did not want to be like these men. Hmm. I did not want to be like them. And Yet, if I'm not like them, who am I going to be? Right? Like now I'm, I've cultivated, I've put all of this sunk cost into becoming this person who, this man that does software sales and I, I've structured my whole life around it. And deep in my gut, I could just tell, like, I don't want to be like these people. I do not want to be like these men. I do not look up to them. I, there are a few, a few different things happen that I, I don't want to publicly discuss, like occurred. And it just was completely against my values. And yet I felt totally trapped. And I didn't really, I wasn't fully cognitively like aware of this. It was more in my body. I started getting hives at work. I started getting itchy at times. Um, I had trouble paying attention. Um, I started to get uh, just traditional anxiety. Like I would say traditional is like what most people as uh, like, like a, a racing heart rate, sweaty, uh, but I didn't listen to it. And so finally, uh, one day I had an anxiety attack that uh, in the office and uh, it really caused me to look, to wake up and to listen to my body. And it also triggered uh, a two-year period that was absolutely horrible for me. I mean, it's like the, mm. the like the dark night of the soul, right? Like leaving what I knew and getting depression and and trying my best to explore and try different things. So creativity and curiosity went through the roof, but tumultuousness and instability also went through the roof. But through that period, uh, I found uh, I found men's work. I found uh, I was invited, uh, I found uh, breathwork and uh, specifically neurosomatic breathwork and uh, the ability to, to drop out of my head and into my body and to release stuck energy and emotions that are held in my body. And it was, it was just absolutely like an awakening in my life to realize that I am not this story and I am not this persona that I had created and that I can rewrite that if I want to, and uh, that I can heal. Like healing for me as a young man was not something I identified with. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think a lot of men, when they hear that word, they're like, ah, that's woo-woo yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And now all of this stuff was woo-woo to me, right? But now, like, what are we doing? We are putting men in, we are creating spaces. Like, I just want to slow this down and like go really deep into this. Like all that we're doing with the Unshakable Man Studio and all that I do is create spaces where men can take safe risks of vulnerability. 
And the reason why is to realize their true power to connect, heal, and grow. Yeah. I can say that, but what is that? Like, right? Like, like you can say like, oh, we connect men and we create spaces where men ha- can take safe risks of vulnerability. But it's like, I am a human being. I'm a man and I am walking around in my daily life cultivating this self-image of who I am. And if I have not, I have not experienced, physically experienced being in physical space with another man who looks, who I, like, I don't know who I am. I am who I think you think I am. And you are who you think I think you are, right? So if I'm judging a man that's looking across from me, like you look tough. You look like you're, you're wearing like a nice hat. Like you're like, you like care about how you look, right? Like you have a great smile, right? Like you carry yourself well, you're like on this podcast. So you look like you have your stuff, your stuff, your shit together, right? I might, then I judge that I might not be able to be open about something that's happening underneath the surface with me. Right. And until I've had an experience with a group of men that I uh, perceive to be like, I'm judging all of these men to be one way or the other. We are creating spaces where men can drop into those safe containers and take a safe risk of vulnerability to open their heart and just acknowledge what is truly happening for them in that moment. And then the emotional attunement, the emotional contagion, right? Like it all just rewrites this baseline script in your experience. And for me, a sign of when it happens is when you just see men go, whoa, like, whoa. I, right, and then I hear from them that I had no idea that um, other men were feeling this way around me, right? Like some CEO or, and let's use roles to make the the point, right? or, or a, a, a venture capitalist, yeah. right? A, or a, a, a soccer coach or a dad. And it's like, then really what I think is happening in this, in this, these spaces is we are, um, we're, we're rewriting our relationship with masculinity and manhood that we each individually carry. And once I was able to spend time doing that, now it's not, it's no longer weird to go to a men's group it's actually something that's like really beautiful. And now I notice that it's actually tough for women in my life who are like, wow, like scared of um, like it, to be a partner for my partner to to see me go that. through a growing, what's that? To be with, the, to be with your growth to yes um, exactly and i there's so many like i have things written down i want to say to you but like you're just walking so many things um go for it i'm not uh i was sharing something with someone um and they were i can't remember recall it quite well i'm sorry but i remember when i was saying to another man that they were uncomfortable, and it was only in my own experience because I experienced this myself, is that sometimes, well, there's a lot of man shaming, and especially when it comes to vulnerability. And I remember my own experience when my best friend called me out, and he 
he had done a lot of therapy. And I remember we were starting to beginning of our relationship and he was sharing something with me that he saw me kind of squirming <laughs> and it was very raw. And I think about his marriage or something like that. And I had never had another man share about his marriage so openly and so mm. raw. And how did that, and that made you feel uncomfortable? It made me feel uncomfortable because I didn't know what to say. Should I say something, the right thing, right. blah, blah, blah. And I was just trying to figure out the best thing to say. And yeah, I just, it, it just like my body was just like- Look at, I'm looking at you right now. And what are you doing? You're like, you're squirming. But that's right? how I was. I was just like right. visiting and seat. He was, and he was like, right. what's wrong with you? And he was like, can you, can, he was like, you can't, why can't you be with what I'm sharing with you? I was like, I'm just, mm -hmm. I said, I never, I said, I never met another man like you that mm -hmm. you're just so open with me. Mm -hmm. And I think the other point I was sharing with when I said to this barber, who I was just trying to talk to him, he gets under my skin, I guess, when we talk about vulnerability, but I said that the reason why you put this man down because you can't be with his vulnerability. It makes mm -hmm. you uncomfortable. Yeah. So the first thing you do is like shut him down and put right. him down. Right. And I'm curious outside of the men's group, how do other men respond to your vulnerability, your being open and you being courageous and taking that risk? Yeah. Well, Vulnerability isn't, um, is my, I have a choice over how, how vulnerable I want to be in any given moment. Right. Right. And, um, I, everyone deserves their own hidden gardens and, uh, and that, that maturity to know who I can choose to be, who I am safe with and what situations are the right situations for me to get my needs met is really important, right? Because I think we have, there are lots of individuals and I get messages from men all the time and I get them from women as well that say like, hey, like I have been hurt, I have been abused or when I was vulnerable about something, everything broke down in my life and I, I lost my relationship. I lost my job. Right. And so I just want to like hold space for that. Those are, those experiences are real, but not necessarily true. And what I mean by that is that in my perception of my experience, I'm seeing if I've shared and been vulnerable and then I get shamed for that, the, the story in my head is that now when I am vulnerable, bad things happen. Right. And then the script goes on and then I find other experiences in my life that reinforce that, that. And so it's very, very, very important in our work that we create containers of non-judgmental awareness where we check in, we check out, there's confidentiality, there's a very clear intention, right? And we all know how to reinstate safety. It's not about creating a safe container, it's about creating a container where you know how to reinstate safety after it's been lost, right? And when you experience that, then you carry the experience of that into your normal interactions, right? So I would say that in it's, it's like, to me, a sign of like, like 
my own my own work is like is it helping me in my own life like if my experience of my life sucks and like i'm i'm caught in turmoil and, and anxiety like maybe i should be uh, uh continuing to look for something that's working for me so with me personally um i have i have uh yeah if to just like for me, I have not had any negative experiences with mm-hmm. being vulnerable uh, with men who I have interacted with. I have had challenging experiences with men who felt scared or um, had taken like a safe risk. And um, there's like a, like the rug getting pulled out. Uh, I forgot what I like to call this, but um, sometimes if we overshare, if I feel like I've taken uh, second guessing myself, right? Like I, I take a safe risk of vulnerability, then later I might second guess myself. And I think the things that make me feel sad is when, um, on the outside, uh, men shame other men for being interested in doing a, doing work that seems to be feminine. Right. That's the negative to me. That's the part where I get, I can feel angry or sad because uh, really I think that's why I say like it's important to find men who look tough or who identify with your vision of what masculinity is because that's the thing you need to break through on right like if I get a bunch of, of, of men together who are hippies and who, who you think are hippies and are woo woo and they're able to be vulnerable it doesn't help you if you're a man <laughs> who's like extremely masculine right does that make sense yeah. Does that make sense? Right. Yeah. I've been running into that too. And I, I know I'm, I'm sure you probably couldn't relate to this. Like I've learned that in order to create that safety, it has to come from you first. And yes. I remember when that moment happened for me, because it happened with my relationship with my mother and I was expecting um, her especially if somebody who's older than you or a senior person or hierarchy, I sometimes we have these expectations that they should know better or they should have this, all this other stuff. And I remember I was like, oh, it comes from me first. If I want them to show up in this safe space and share themselves with me, then I need to create it. Because if it's not created, then it's not going to going to happen was this this like when you were older and like relating to your mom or um this was like saying like when you were younger no this was like maybe three or four years ago okay yeah when i started to do work on myself when i started to especially on my relationships in general or love relationships it's like if i want this type of love then that love has to come from me first am i be able to be that First, I can't have an expectation on someone else to be something for me that I'm not willing to share or be <laughs> yeah. in the first yeah. place, you know? Yeah, yeah. And and just connecting with your mom's experience as a human being, right? Like, right. I think for me and my own my own work, I feel similar. I, I, I feel um, connected to that uh, experience. It's just really coming to realization that um, my maybe my mother doesn't isn't withholding love. Maybe she is unable to 
uh, access it for herself. Yeah. Meaning, meaning it's not about something that she's like not doing for me. She doesn't know how to do it for herself. And it's not my responsibility as her child to teach her how to do that, but to be able to meet her where she is as yeah. an adult man and to, and to give the caring and soothing to my inner child. Right. And to learn how to do that for myself, yeah. to give myself what I need. And as I was able to do that as a man, not only was I able to give myself caring and soothing when I was in a triggering argument with my fiance, which to me, to make it real, looks like saying being completely triggered to like your 18 year old self, right? In when you're an adult human being, and then being able to say, hey, I need a break and going outside and going for a walk. And for me, it looks like literally putting my hand on my chest and noticing the story in my head of anger and coming back into my body and saying like, like, you're good, man. Like, you got this. It's okay, right? Like, it's all right. And it's not all right to fuck her. It's literally all right. Like, it's okay. You can do this, right? Like, I believe in you, right? And, and being able to hold space for myself and then being able like to give that caring and soothing to that my that inner child who may be like an 18 year old inner child <laughs> and then and then coming back into the relationship and being able to choose to show up in a more empowering way but then the crazy thing is is you know the nuts thing about this is that then your partner is also doing the same thing for herself or himself that's beautiful <laughs> right well, you hope, right? And right. like, and and it's tough. It's really tough, and then it's beautiful because I think that's that's where, for me, the biggest the, the biggest awakenings have been is is in those relationships where I had the story in my head that someone was going to act a certain way, and then she doesn't, and I realized that I was operating off of like this script, right? Mm -hmm. of, uh, of what I thought that's how my mother would respond. Yeah. Right. I really love what you said about your mother. I, I just can totally relate of, you know, meeting her where she is or meeting the people in your life where they are. Because, you know, with the mother scenario, like my mother only has the tools that she has. I can't expect her to have anything else. And when I got that for myself and I was like, oh, then I can stop punishing her <laughs> or yelling yeah. at her or reacting to her or expecting to her be this way when she doesn't know how to be. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I can give myself a break. Like it really. Yeah, you can have boundaries. Boundaries and know yeah. how to have a different kind of conversation and basically ask for what I need if she can't give it to me. Like, hey, I need you to. Can you not speak to me this way? Can you speak to me this way? I need this from yeah. you. Like learning how to create those boundaries and a safe space. And so going back to safe space, it's like I, you know, that has been coming up too for me in conversations with men um, feeling safe. And so how do how did you start? How did you create those safe containers in your relationships? And how do how can men identify if they're not safe or not? Because I don't think men yeah. think about, 
I don't feel safe. I'm man and up in here. Like, yeah. you know, um, yeah. how does one to begin to identify that? Hmm. I don't think I feel safe to express myself in this job or relationship or with other men. Yeah. Well, I'd say that trauma, trauma is the, is the risk of, of living, right? Like opening, opening your heart, sharing something that saying the unsaid, sharing the unsaid. And so, um, if you're not the unsafe, like, how do I know? I think the, the best, the, the way in here is, is curiosity. Right, because you're either you're either gonna come, you're either gonna be motivated to find this work through your environment because something is going wrong in your life, and uh, some and there is a challenge that is occurring, and there's turmoil in that, and so I don't think men need to really try to find this work like actively. You're gonna be given messages in your life that are gonna send you in this direction. <laughs> right. Like, like, like this is, it's going to happen through, uh, by bumping into friction, right? Like one of the primary fundamentals of spiritual psychology that I always like to come back to is that the problems in my life are my curriculum, right? And you, we each have our own. And so mm. anytime you say I have a problem with is an opportunity to live and to become conscious, right? Because you're saying I have a problem with blank. Right. And so when you say I have a problem with blank in your head or out loud, your body is tightening. Hmm. Like it's just a natural response. Right. So if I need to re if I have a problem with the way my mother is speaking with me, I have, I am having to tighten. I'm noted my body or my nervous system is noticing something. My body is tightening up and then I'm having to reinforce a boundary. Right? I'm having to, to do something to reinstate safety. I'm having to push something away to have agency, right? And this is happening all the time. Like it's happening throughout your day. Just listen. Anytime you're listening to yourself to be like, I have a problem with blank, right? Then the next step is to just go. And if you really want to do it, exhale first, pull your belly in and go. Make me want to breathe. <laughs> Go for it. Do it with me, man. So when you make the tightness, so let's do one. So you're going to push your belly in, pushing the air out of your mouth, and then you're going to inhale in your nose and sniff at the top. Sniff. <sighs> so the sniff creates tension in your in your your neck in your, oh, your, your yeah yeah your neck and the top of your chest and the exhale creates tension around your gut mm -hmm. and what this doing this is doing is 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 oversensitizing major areas of where your nervous system runs through your body and so what you're doing is you're creating tension when you exhale in your in your diaphragm and then you're going and you're creating flexibility when you breathe. And then when you sniff at the top, you're creating tension at the top. And then when you go, ah, you're releasing it. And what does your nervous system need? Flexibility. It doesn't wanna be all tight or all loose. It wants to constantly be like a sponge back and forth. And that's a healthy system. And so back to the like, 
like how do guys get into this work? Notice when you say I have a problem with and take that deep breath because the other thing is, is the brain, the brain is wired into that nervous system. And when you take the deep breath, you, the mind and the brain are separate. They're not the same thing. So when you take that deep breath, it creates a gap for your mind to have some space, right? And in that space is, is your ability to choose to show up in a conscious way. And the next step on in there is to be like, what is this here to teach me? Yeah, I know. Right? <gasps> so if it's so if it's my if it's an argument with my fiance, what is this here to teach me? Well, it's here to teach me how to be fucking right and how to like get what I want. Well, maybe that's coming from anger, right? <laughs> <laughs> right it's like when i did it my fingers were like this and i was tight right and so it's like take that deep breath and it's and feel it and the only way you can do this is feeling your answers right because your answer will feel tight or it'll feel open and when you feel the open answer this is attunement now it's oh this is here to teach me how to show up as a partner in my relationship okay that feels open, that feels forgiving. Like it's how to teach me how to be a partner in my relationship. All right, now, what is my intention? Uh, my intention is to actually be a good partner. Okay, how can I show up in a more empowering way to make that happen? Uh, and this is where it gets physical. It's like, I, how can I show up in a more empowering way to do that? Okay, I can take a break. And I can come back in here and I can speak from what I feel and what I need. Right. And it's just like, that is like, that just took me like 10 minutes to go through. And it's, <laughs> and it's, it's nuts. You can really do this in your mind and in your, in your heart. Right. And so the, the, to answer your original question, how do guys find this work? You listen for the problems in your life and, and get curious, right? And yeah. when you get curious, come join, come join the Unshakable Man studio and jump into a men's group for your first time ever. And just, just try it, right? Like, like Jimmy, I would love for you to come drop in with us, right? Like just because as a coach and as a human being, it's just broadening and deepening your emotional spectrum. Right. I've been in a couple of them with, with Mike. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. That's, a, that's it was awesome. A, it's a good experience. And, you know, yeah. I really love what you're saying because specifically that question, um, what is this here to teach me? And I I honestly can, honestly can say that question keeps changing yeah. my life over and over, and, oh, especially if... But it's your answers, right? It's your yeah, it's answers my answers. changing the, your life. And right. Changing your life. Man. And it's not... And I, I, I don't really know why I learned, I think it's Deepak or Gab, yeah, I don't, I just, it doesn't even matter, but... It's truly a fundamental question. It is, and like, don't force the answer, the answer will come. Mm -hmm. The answer will come. Just, just wait for the answer. Just keep asking it over and over again. It actually really helped me when I had this really, this breakup with someone who I thought was like my my one, mm -hmm. and I was just like, and I and I only the reason why I love that question, and I 
and I want to preface Tony Robbins used to say this thing like the reason why most people don't get where they what they answers that they need or where they need to go is because they ask themselves the wrong questions and when that question was posed to posed and I was like oh now my brain can go look for the answer yeah And, and for a very long time I didn't know what I could bring to the table I was always trying to prove myself, trying to prove my mm-hmm. worth. I just didn't, I, I didn't mm-hmm. know. And when I asked that question after this breakup and I was just like, oh, now you know what you're worth. That's what came mm-hmm. to me. And I was just like, oh my God, I spent so much time of my life trying to prove my worth where my worth yes. was already there. I have yeah. nothing to prove. Yeah. Yeah. Was it a, <laughs> I mean, even as you say, like, uh, to, to, to prove, to like, to know my worth, is that what you said? It was, yeah, like, to know I know my, my worth. worth now. I know my worth. Yeah. Cause I didn't I, know. Yeah, exactly. And, and that it almost like that creates an image in my mind of like, like holding on, right? Like holding on to a person so much so that, that if they move away, you fall, right? right. Like you're leaning so far forward and that what is this here to teach me? I think one of the main, you said like in your brain, but I would even guide men to feel their bodies, right? Like, cause it's really truly like you can ask it, you can ask it for a long time. You can keep asking, mm-hmm. but in my experience, in my experience, it's every asking it every time is a, it's a new moment. And, and so if you're just saying, you know, what is this here to teach me? The next embodiment skill is to just notice the words that I say, because language, human language is, they're like spells. Like it's our, it's our, it's how we shift our, our life and our experience. So the, listen to the words you say and feel how they make you feel. If you feel tight, if they make you feel tight, like, like tight, like this is here to teach me how to fucking provide for myself. Right. Okay. How to fucking provide for myself. I'm sorry I'm swearing, by the way. Yes, you can um, swear all you want to. <laughs> okay, awesome. So how to how to fucking provide for myself, right? That's that feels tight yeah. to me, right? Now, the next thing I want to just bring in is that hardening and opening are not better or worse. Hardening is what we do. So this is like from the Bhagavad Gita and uh, uh, the hard way and the open way. Like we move through our experience of our life from the hard way or the open way. The hard way doesn't mean life is more challenging. It means your body is physically hardening or your brain, your mind mm. is hardening to its environment. Opening means you're opening to it, right? You harden when you need safety. So if your answer that feels right to you right now is hard, like this is true for me to prove how much I'm worth, great. Well, your next step after that is to just go with that but then ask again what is this here to teach me and eventually it's go with the open answer when you can when you can find it right because once you can open opening leads to just connection to what is right whereas if we continuously choose the hardening answer that's where we get stuck right we can get stuck in in um uh needing safety in order to be safe and not being able to take safe risks right which is why in our containers i say we're not here to create a safe space 
right? Like we're not here for you to believe me and we're not here for you to take safe risks. We're here to create a container where we can take safe risks and reinstate safety, hmm. right? Because if I if we make if we set the intention that like everybody needs to be safe, uh, well then we're just creating like pretty much like what's happening online in the blogosphere, right? Like cancel culture and like we're not really creating a flexible system where we can interact. We're creating a system where everybody is uh, scared to be triggered and can't actually open up and heal. Yeah. Well, I really love what you're saying, and just to take a time, let you go a little bit early. But I want to ask you a qu couple quick questions before, yeah. it's like my lightning round. I don't have quick answers. So that's, yeah, <laughs> it just whatever comes to you. Um, so I think I'm gonna change them a little bit with you. Um, what is your hope with the work you're doing with men? What is your desire? Mm -hmm. Ooh, what is my desire? Hmm. Well, desire is the choice to be unhappy until you have what you want. So my desire uh, is that is that this this is enough, right? Like for for the group of of men that get to experience this space, this studio, this community, uh, that they get to have an experience that uh, that they can take with them uh, that uh, then into their next relationships into however they show up in the world and that it spreads and uh, as I say that I just to me it's just love yeah well yeah I love that um, and how do you get out of your own way other than breathing how do you get out of your own way <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, I use breathing to do this, but it's not the only way to get there, but uh, slowing down, uh, mm. really slowing down and surrendering, uh, accepting, uh, receiving, like having a practice in my life where, I mean, my, my intellectual mind right now is like, find a reason for why you think this like and i i don't it's in my heart and it's in my the evidence in my life that when i slow down and when i let go and when i surrender i get surprised by what i'm carrying like tears uh, emotions and no matter what that experience is the next has been in my experience the next experience is a positive one right like like the alan watts backwards law wanting something to be different than it is is a bad experience accepting a negative experience for what it is is a positive experience so like giving myself those opportunities to drop in and let go uh, is like my way of resetting i like wipe the emotional residue mm. and uh and then i get to i know I, what i love is when i notice that like things that i was previously thinking about like just drift away Right, and it's like, oh, oh, that's how I do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love that. Yeah. And what does a juicy love life look like to you? Ooh, a juicy love life. Uh, a juicy love life. Let's come on here and talk about relationships and juicy love lives. <laughs> I think a juicy, 
a juicy love life uh, looks like play. Uh, it looks like date night. Uh, it looks like uh, listening. And uh, it looks like uh, taking risks to ask for what you want and what you need. And on the other end, listening and holding space for your partner asking for what they want and what they need because it's incredibly scary to do that and receiving it for them maybe giving it to them yeah love it and where can people find you online unshakableman.com that's it <laughs> yeah <laughs> at the at the unshakable man on instagram and unshakableman.com and uh do you mind if I just plug the studio? Sure, just, you sure just can. I was going to ask, yeah. where can I find a studio? Yeah, yeah. It's unshakableman.com. Uh, I'm I'm really like, this is the first podcast I'm doing since we've announced the studio. We have eight amazing uh, uh, facilitators. We're holding uh, uh, neurosomatic breathwork sessions uh, four times a week right now and men's check-in groups as well as uh, trainings. Our first big training is going to be uh, the higher man is going to be an eight-week uh, men's emotional awareness and spirituality training, and uh, and I'm just really really honored to get to hold space with these awesome facilitators. Uh, I just came out of a breathwork session with Brandon Grew, and uh, it was just fantastic. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mike, for being. I'm sorry, Chris. <laughs> I don't know why I got you, Mike. Well, you guys work together. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Chris, thank you so much for being here. And, you know, I just want to acknowledge you for all the work that you do for men. And like, I just watch your work. I enjoy seeing you grow. And I look forward to other great things that you're doing. Oh, thank you so much, Jimmy. You're welcome. Hey, guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Crazy Juicy Love Podcast. If you like this podcast, please don't forget to subscribe, rate, and leave a comment. And if you really like this podcast, please share it. Twitter, Instagram, or on your webpage. Thank you. Crazy Juicy Love.